Before we get into today's episode, if you want a second opinion on your business's approach to SEO, Google Ads, paid social, or performance creative, would love to chat. Visit rocketagency.com.au and complete the quick contact form. Now back to the episode. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast. I'm here today with Daniel Costa. Dan, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, James. So Dan is currently the head of SEO at Rocket, which essentially means that, Dan, you you own the SEO product at Rocket. So determining our approach to SEO, the philosophy, how we approach it, what we do, what we don't do, Um, you manage the SEO team at Rocket and I guess ultimately you're accountable for the results that we we drive for our clients. You also do a bit of hands-on work on some of our key accounts driving SEO strategy. Um, Through your career, you've worked on um, lots and lots of campaigns, I guess for bigger brands like Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein, Foot Locker, Jim's Cleaning Group, Soul Origin, um, Snap Printing. Dan, welcome to the pod. We're here to chat all things SEO. I can't wait for it. That was a lot of responsibilities you've just listed there. You've you've reminded me of how important uh, SEO can be for a business, for sure. You you can't spend your time uh, on podcasts. You should be out there working. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, But no, that's cool. Good, good. So I think, um, I mean, we're chatting about it before we started to record. And I I think for me, it's it's an interesting time to to be discussing SEO. Like when I do webinars, I'll have, I've got a, a few slides on SEO, and I think I think a lot of marketers in Australia don't truly understand how important it is. Where the stats that we have, um, and these are public industry wide stats, are that yeah, organic visits on average, this is across America, Australia, UK, drive about fifty three percent of traffic to websites. Um, Direct is generally about 20%. So you've got almost 75% of traffic every day being pushed to websites like commercial websites is from tr- direct or from organic. Um, then if you lump paid search and paid social together, it's 20%, right? So that's yep. bringing you up to, you know, into the 90s and then a very, very small fraction of traffic comes from organic social. So the absolute majority of traffic going to businesses' websites comes from organic. Um it's definitely what we see across our basket of clients. Like very rarely yeah. are we seeing clients who have, um, you know, a very small percentage of their traffic coming from organic. It does jump around depending on how old a business is and what other marketing channels they're running. Google drives 97% of searches in Australia, being very small here. Um, yep. But it, it feels to me that often the energy, the activity, the focus, the budget for marketing a website will be kind of the other way around where 80% of efforts, 80% of budgets are in paid search, paid social, whatever it, whatever else it is to bring traffic to a website. And then often SEO is kind of this, this afterthought where it's, let's, you know, let's tick a box, spend a couple of grand a month and we're, we're doing SEO kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, probably, <laughs> you're probably a biased person to speak to, but like, do, do you kind of, is that what you see as well and you're feeling as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I guess the biggest kind of, factor that plays into it is just and i guess one of the pain points with seo from my perspective is just the immediate results and the time it takes Mm. like the google ad side of things paid social will always have the upper hand on that and i think that's why a lot of the time seo is sometimes forgotten about or neglected in some ways Mm. just because oh you're telling me i need to wait six to twelve months 
you're telling me there's no exact way to measure the ROI, whereas Google Ads, you can measure it with ROAS, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it happens as soon as you switch on the campaign. Um, so I think from a business perspective, SEO can be, I guess, yeah, slightly forgotten as it about by like the, the business owner for those those like purposes. But again, as you said, when you have a look at like analytics or whatever mm. it is they're using to track the website, often organic is one of the leading, if not the leading source of traffic to that website. So then at the end of the day, I think like, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. If I look at my website's traffic and 30, 40, 50% of it's coming from organic and the other is split between other channels, I'm probably going to invest more into the organic side of things because that's what's been working well for me. You'll also find that it converts better as well. But again, I might be biased, so who really knows? <laughs> but it is true. And all the studies, particularly um, all the studies show that users trust organic yeah. visits more than they trust paid, um, particularly true um, in B2B and longer, longer buyer journey kind of searches. But um, yeah, and I think more broadly, because we've been doing SEO for a long time, when COVID hit, not just rocket clients, but across the, the board, I think often SEO was one of the first things to go. And because yep. it was that, well, you know, six to 12 months, can we afford to just to kind of pause it? Yep. Those budgets, I don't think have truly come back. Um, and what we have seen across, as, the, as an industry is that CPCs in, in Google search, in paid social have been rising every single year, um, which, which to me feels like a good time to be talking SEO, yeah. like where if you are looking for kind of opportunities and gaps in the market, um, like SEO potentially is one, even though you might be doing it, you're probably potentially not doing it as deeply as you should. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, couldn't yeah, agree cool. more. I mean, I think maybe just to get started, like what are the big trends in SEO at the moment? I know it's a difficult question to answer in such a, a broad subject matter but yeah like what what are the big trends out there yeah i mean i think like the biggest and there's no surprise here is around ai content and what that's going to sort yep. of um mean for seos this year um in 2023 ai it's not new to seo like i feel like the past couple of years has been reiterations of ai content writers and content spinners and whatnot but yeah with chat gpt it's definitely something that has just taken it to a whole new level um so that's definitely something that's going to be sort of trending upwards, I guess, in the space this year. Yeah. GA4 as well. I think that's something that maybe some people are just kind of pushing off. But in six months' time, once end of June hits, we're all kind of forced to be using GA4. So yeah. I think there's going to be a trend of people over the next six months doing a bunch of courses, learning as much as they can about it. If websites haven't gotten GA4 tracking set up, they probably should start doing that now just so they can have some sort of historical data. So yeah, yeah. probably a lot of rushing towards getting that stuff set up on, on websites. In terms of chat GPT, like, like what, if you're a marketer yep. running, running a reasonable SEO program at the moment and you know, SEO is important, drives conversions, you, you know, you feel it's, it's moving in the right direction. Like what's your advice? Like, do we need to be changing what we're doing? Is it, are we thinking about it? as it relates to developing content or are we thinking about it as a, as an alternative to uh, potential customers using it to search for things as opposed to Google? Like what's your perspective on that? Yeah, it's a good point. I think in terms of using it as a search engine itself, I probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, mm. I think eventually at some point and kind of, again, what we were speaking about earlier, Microsoft investing into OpenAI, um, who runs ChatGPT, 
it's definitely yeah. going to be incorporated into at least Bing um, in some sort of way. And I imagine in years to come, there's going to be some sort of AI functionality within the, ma the major search engines. But yeah, I don't see it becoming a search engine itself and people trying to get their sort of local plumber off chat GPT. I think that's yeah. still where um, like Google and stuff are king. Uh, and then in terms of how SEOs could use it, I think S the content's probably the biggest opportunity there. It does a pretty good job at spitting out like content briefs and heading structures, that sort of stuff. And I think from a, it will never replace a human copywriter. I think the human copywriters, they're going to be able to incorporate like tone of voice, brand, mess brand messaging, things of that nature that AI can't really do for a specific client. Um, yeah. I think it'll be useful for research for the copywriter if they sort of want to use that to sort of help understand how they can structure what they're writing about. You can have it spit, like write out schema for you, certain codes. I know in ads, you can get it to write scripts for you. Um, so there's, there's many ways that I guess you could be using mm. it for, for SEO. What's the, because um, I think that's what we've obviously done a lot of research into it and playing around with it as an agency. And like our perspective at the moment is that it's a really useful tool to help, you know, almost I was talking to um, another agency owner recently and he was kind of, they, use, they, they internally describe it as a way of kind of getting past writer's block. Yeah, which yeah. is helping to get content moving. And um, I feel that's an okay position for Rocket at this point yeah, to, sure. to kind of start to, to kind of advance content for clients. But um, is it your understanding that literally just having, you know, a bot write a 1500 word piece for a website, copying and pasting it on, um, is it your feeling that that contravenes Google's um, guidelines at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's no surprise that like Google has suggested not to sort of just put AI content on your website. ChatGPT, again, as you said, really good for the writer's block of things. If you're sort of a creative and you rely on coming up with new ideas, ChatGPT can help with that. Helps you yeah. save the time as well. So I think it's a better use of like resourcing, in my opinion. Um, you can get the ideas from there and sort of then have that spark, I guess, the creativity in your brain to go ahead and like build something off of that. But yeah, I wouldn't be relying on it solely to just create content and just publishing 10 blogs every single month that are just like yeah. AI written short form posts. Um, yeah, you still need that human element, make sure it's yeah still That's valuable. Yeah. And I think everything Google's always said over the years, like don't do it, we'll catch up. Yeah. Um, they eventually do. So, and I think we've, um, we're probably jumping ahead a little bit, but we've we've seen Google move more and more towards prioritizing high quality content, deep content, yep. not content for the sake of content. So I think, you know, still working in that kind of paradigm makes sense. Yeah. Um, in terms of GA4, I don't want to get too into, I don't want this pod to be too technical. I think the you know, yeah. audience being marketers, trying to practical takeaways to then go off and potentially solve issues, you know, off, off the pod. But yep. in terms of GA4, just if you're a marketer and you haven't yet jumped across, um, or if you have, but you don't really know what you're doing with your GA4 instance, like why do it? What are the big differences? What do you need to do? Yeah, for sure. So again, the why do it is literally off the fact that universal analytics after June 30th is no longer going to be sort of used in terms of tracking mm -hmm. data. So it's kind of, you have to do it. That's probably the yep. main reason why. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I guess like the main thing there, the, the functionality is slightly different. There are a lot of good, really 
like really good free sources online that sort of help educate you on how to use it, some training um, there so you can become familiar with it. The way it does measure data is slightly different as well. So the way Universal Analytics would measure a user is going to differ to the way GA4 does. Um, I personally think it's going to be more accurate. So it is a good thing. Uh, it's just going to be an interesting 2024 as well, having comparing what GA4 says versus what Universal Analytics was saying the year before. So that's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, it, it, it essentially needs to be done. It's a pretty simple transition. Like it, it's not too technical. You'd probably still be, I guess, benefited by speaking to an agency that has specialized in GA4 tracking websites just because they'll be able to do it really efficiently. Um, but yeah, it, it's not a huge change. It's going to require some sort of adaptability from marketers and anyone involved or looking into GA4. But I guess in a couple of years, we'll understand the purpose of it. It will be yeah. a better user sort of experience for businesses. And I'll insert plug here, Rocket. Um, we have been working with clients. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, this is not by design, but like in, if you are stuck, you can definitely reach out to us. We've done um, a lot of kind of migrations since uh, well before June last year just to get all of our clients being able to give your new data, but it is something we can help with. Um, I think in terms of SEO at Rocket, we break it into three buckets. We're yeah. going to look at technical, off-site, and then on-site slash content as the three buckets of SEO. I think it's, um, you can, you know, there's different ways of approaching it, but to me that just makes, it's very, it's a very easy to understand approach. Yeah. So just thought it'd be good to talk into each of those buckets. Um, and once again, not wanting to, um, not, not wanting to get too technical. We promised beforehand we weren't going to use the word sonicalization on, on the on the pod. I'll do <laughs> um, my best. So I think just yeah, that's right. So if we've got um, you know, the audience is 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 marketers yeah. and in-house marketers in Australia. So let's just talk to each of those. So in terms of technical SEO, yeah, yeah, very quickly, kind of what is it, and then what are the big trends out there for, for this year? Yeah, I'll keep it very simplistic. The technical SEO side of things is just about how Google's actually crawling and indexing the content on your website. Um, given the name of technical, it does get very technical when you start talking about James's favorite canonicals, uh, no index <laughs> tags, all that sort of stuff. But essentially what an SEO agency should be doing for the website is making sure that Google is crawling and indexing your website appropriately. And that's gonna include making sure that the pages we do want indexed are indexed. If there's pages that we don't necessarily want to be indexed, they're not getting indexed. A lot of the times you can face sort of cannibalization uh, and that's sort of where you've got pages competing for the same sort of topic of keywords or cluster of keywords if you've got some sort of like filter mechanism on your website i see it a lot of times with e-commerce stores if you've got some sort of filtering where a user selects a filter it creates a new url you could potentially have issues that way so it's essentially just where your seo is going to go through all of the best practice technical stuff tech i'd say is not really one that there's all these trends and developments over like one year to the next. It's very much the technical audits we're doing now, I'd say are pretty much the same or very similar to the ones we were doing a couple of years ago. Cause at the end of the day, what, what comes with uh, technical SEO still stands. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just the efficiency of crawling and indexation. You know, the, how we intro the pod 
around maybe SEO is probably a little bit um, underestimated in terms of its importance in a well-rounded digital marketing strategy. I sometimes feel the technical is that within SEO, which is prospective clients, clients will come to us thinking that that's fine and solved and good and pages load quickly so we're all we're all ready to rock and roll yeah and they want to start jumping into content and, and off-site but often the big leaps forward come from technical often whether are yeah, these yeah. roadblocks or these things that um can be quite difficult to diagnose sometimes very difficult to fix but sometimes actually not very difficult to fix is that fair like in your observation yeah I, i'd say so um if you've got a technically sound website it's just going to benefit the user experience for all your other channels as well. So for mm-hmm. example, if you're running an ads campaign and the, the user clicks on that sort of ad, it goes to a web page that's taken a few seconds to load. It's just going to lead to a bounce rate for that particular campaign. Whereas SEOs are going to start looking at improving that site speed, improving the overall structure of that, that web page that is best suited for that user. So yeah, again, maybe a bit of bias here, but one of the benefits of SEO here is I, I just feel like it's focused on creating a better website and sort of a better user experience. And in turn, that's just going to benefit all your social, all your ads, all your email, that sort of stuff. Yeah. In terms of technical SEO, how often does it need to be looked at? Like, is it a case of I've just launched my brand new website? It's great. I've had someone order it, do a diagnostic. It's fine. You know, am I getting it looked at every two years, every year, every month? Like, what what are the checks to make sure that you're kind of moving forward as well as you can? Yeah, the way we kind of approach it here at Rocket is we'll do a major, I guess, audit, you could say, every six to 12 months. To do Mm -hmm. one every month or even every quarter probably isn't too necessary. It's probably necessary if you are, for example, about to migrate or you have just migrated. At that point, you probably need to be looking at the technical side of things more often. But yeah, we'll do like a, a major technical audit on websites every six to 12 months. Um, yeah. In between that, we'll also do sort of standard health checks every quarter just to make sure things are tracking as, as they're meant to be. So it's something yeah. that we don't look at every week or every month, but at least once every couple of months, every other month, we, we just do a quick sweep, make sure everything's good. Yeah, cool. Um, in terms of offsite, so that second bucket of SEO, like what, yeah. are, the, what are the trends there? Does like do links still matter? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So is it just is is a links the only thing that matter in terms of offsite? Are there other factors? Yeah, I mean, I guess with the offsite, it's all about kind of how other websites are talking about your brand. Um, in its simplest form, it does come down to link building. That's probably the biggest aspect, or not probably is the biggest aspect of it. Um, essentially, you have twenty websites all talking about your brand. They all link to your brand. Google picks up those links and it helps improve, I guess, your authority on whatever that particular topic is that those websites are talking about. So let's say, for example, you've got um, like a beauty e-commerce store and you've got a bunch of other like beauty forums, beauty blogs, and they all talk about your website and link back to yours and how yours had like a really good makeup selection, for example that then Google can pick up on those relevant signals and it helps sort of boost the authority of your brand in regards to that particular um, topic. But yeah, it's definitely still important, something that a lot of SEOs kind of don't do just because it is very hard. The idea Mm. behind it is if you create really good content and just create and content, when I say content, I don't always just mean like a blog post. It could be an image or a video. Even this podcast itself is a form of content. 
you create really good content naturally websites will link to you that's the main idea behind it it is very much so easier said than done so there is a lot of outreach involved where you're essentially going to have to reach out to publishers that you think would be a good fit to link back to your website it's a very manual process uh, and every probably for every like 1000 that you reach out to maybe a handful of them will actually reply maybe one or two of them will actually consider doing it with you so that's where i think having again an agency and not to plug rocket again but having a link building agency that can sort of help you with that they've already they've most likely already built networks and built relationships with publishers in the past um, through other relevant or similar clients that again they can just reach out to directly they don't need to go through the whole email emailing to someone who's not the best person to speak to then they have to forward that email to someone who is the person to speak to so yeah it, they i guess it does benefit they've also got the strategy behind it what publishers should we be getting to link back to this website what anchor tech should we be using what's the what's the authority and the off-page status of that website itself is it even worth linking back to us um, there's a lot that sort of goes into it yeah and i think that's something um that since you've been at rocket you've really revolutionized that in terms of it's you know we've, we've always known not all links are equal yep. obviously you know high domain authority or page rank or however you want to refer to it is better than a low but kind of getting far more nuanced and looking at a particular client's website and going yeah well we've we've actually got a, a good number of high quality links so we actually in terms of the backlink profile here it's okay here to be going for yep. you know a bigger number of mid mid quality ones or vice versa we need it's all the premium ones that they think are going to matter here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then not just yeah, then obviously looking at um, geographically where they're coming from, the types of sites in terms of content themes they're coming from. So yeah, I think you've opened our eyes up a lot. To um, we've always known, and you know, it, it, it's it's well known in the industry how important offsite is. But I think just getting even more surgical around it yeah. has had a big impact on, on our clients. And yeah, I don't know all the. Um, the conversations I've had and um, research I've done, like Google has has modeled taking offsite out of its algorithm ranking factors and signals, and they feel that the quality of search results just falls to pieces when it happens. Yep. So I think it, it feels true that um, offsite signals aren't going anywhere in terms of their importance to ranking a website organically. Yeah, link building three years ago is very different to now. I'm sure you'll yeah. find even towards the end of last year, I think it was like a link spam update that Google rolled out. And yeah, I guess if you read their official guidelines, they kind of suggest that what may have given you value at some point will no longer give you value. And I'm not yeah. saying that's all the time, but if they pick yeah. a handful of referring websites that go to your website, if they determine that that website's no longer valuable, you could potentially drop a couple of pages or a few positions because that, that value is no longer there. So yeah, I'd say it's it's something that Google still actively kind of looks into and is still on top of. What's your perspective? Like, um, does it have to be a link? Like, do references and citations around brands and um, on external websites, uh, social media references, social media content, yep. like, do those things come into effect in a positive way potentially, in terms of offsite SEO? Yeah, look, I'd say it does. At the end of the day, it would. Um, I think one of the biggest parts of SEO is building a brand. You need to build a brand um, and that'll sort of help your organic rankings indirectly. And I think you getting talked about on socials and different blogs and stuff, 
is still beneficial, even if it doesn't link to you. Again, one thing that I always recommend is finding those brand mentions and potentially outreaching to them to get links. And that's another form of link building you could do. I think it's typically referred to as like link reclamation or brand reclamation. Um, but yeah, there's ways where you can sort of find a list of articles or blog posts that have talked about your brand, but don't necessarily link to it. Um, and you typically have a, a higher success rate of outreaching to those websites because they're already talking about you versus a website who's never spoken about you and you're trying to get a link off them. Um, so in the ideal world, yeah, you would have your website linked. But even if it doesn't, I do still believe that Google and search engines still see that and still see your brand being spoken about. Um, and that just improves, I guess, like the value of your brand as an entity in Google. Moving on to the last area in terms of the, the big three, uh, on-site and content, what are the big themes? What should marketers out there be looking for in 2023? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for the past few years, and I think it still stays the same this year, content is king is like an often like referred to um, sentence. I think it, it, it stays the same this year as well. Uh, I don't care too much these, these days about like how many words are on a page. If you're going to tell me I chuck 2,000 words of content on this page and it's going to rank. Read by chatbot. Yeah, read it by chat GPT. <laughs> like, that's cool. There's a chance that it might, but it, uh, in terms of the long term, it'll most likely fall back off over time once Google sort of picks up on what you've done. I'd much rather like a very concise 500-word blog talking about a specific topic than a 2,000-word blog talking about that topic, but it's just kind of just like fluff. There's no real value about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, content. I still believe is king. It's all about the relevance of your website. So if you're trying to be visible and rank for a certain group of keywords, your content needs to be including those keywords for Google to see the relevance there. Um, yeah. It's probably the strongest signal. Um, and you could, you could group the content alongside like your title tags and your H1 headings and stuff and using those as more signals to understand the relevance. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that can't be avoided. Uh, you, definitely needs to be part of your strategy. Uh, it often complements your link building as well. So if you've gone ahead and created a really nice blog, that's like, again, I'll just use word count as the use of like measurement here, but you create like a 2000 word blog that's actually really good. You've got FAQs in there, you've got a video, you've got images and infographic and a link to a podcast, for example. Um, within, like within that, you, you've got the the value there of potentially getting sourced to by other publishers if they've seen yeah. you talking about it. Yeah, and that's because we've been saying it for a long time. Like the internet has enough average quality content and yep. um, chat, GPT and other avenues have will just continue to make it easier and easier, right, to create yeah. content for, for content's sake. And we've, for Go and Google for years, has been saying, you know, our mission is to solve the world, you know, people's people's answers and, and answer questions. Um, it's always said prioritize quality content over thin content. Yep. Um, so I think the idea that if you're pumping out 500 to 700 word blog articles and you're doing three of them a week and 12 a month and you're pumping them out therefore on social and in your EDM and that's your content plan, yep. um, you're probably setting yourself up to fail. Like it really is about systematically working through the, the types of areas of content where you can genuinely solve people's problems and give them deep insights into things. Yeah. Um, I guess our philosophy now is very much on evergreen. Like we look at taking the kind of um, the Hollywood blockbuster approach to content, which is 
you know, we see Hollywood just continuing to recycle Spider-Man and yeah. Marvel and whatever else, all the stuff that um, that it knows users like rather than advocating an approach like a newspaper approach is we just have to keep pumping out content every single day. So it is about, and for most of our clients, the the answers that they can give to their potential clients, they haven't really changed, right? It's yeah, the, yeah. It's the same thing five years ago, 10, 15, to so build deep content. And as you've said, it's um, it might be a podcast. It might be a video. Yeah. It might be a 300-word um, answer to a question that's actually really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then I guess without, you know, it would be interesting to get your perspective, but Google also then looking at how users are interacting with content. And um, if, if a piece of content, whether it's 200 words or 500 words, is, is, is answering people's questions and they're not hitting back and doing more searching, then over time that content will move up and triumph over maybe a lot longer content is that kind of what you see as well yeah for sure like i think the way users are engaging in your content is really important if they've come through like a blog post or whatnot and you've got really good internal linking that links to like another relevant blog post it may click onto that link to then read that other blog post like i've no doubt that that is like a, a good sort of metric or signal at least that what we're talking about is relevant does add like value to that user Another thing that I always always recommend with content and often the fact, as you said, James, like a lot of the times agencies will just pump out three blogs a month for 12 months. They do that for a couple of years, but there's no real thought or strategy behind it. It's always good to kind of, after years have passed, always good to go back and sort of determine if that content is still relevant, if it's worth keeping yeah. on the website, if it's worth refreshing to make it more relevant. Um, so yeah, that's always something you can do in terms of content. Doesn't always necessarily have to be new content you're producing. You can decide to look at existing content and look at how you can repivot or reshape it to make it more relevant now. Yeah, well, I think like I won't I won't mention the client by name, but yep. probably our most successful SEO case study last year in terms of just actual traffic and conversion growth. The biggest piece of work we did for that client was a massive rationalization of of content on their site right like yeah. primarily around their blog but throughout other sections and it was like, like amalgamating content killing content prioritizing content um and as much as we continued to do technical and continued to do offsite, it was and it wasn't actually publishing any new content it was the rationalization of a massive site which has had the biggest impact on seo uplift which i, which I think also leads into the reality that an approach to seo will never be the same for two clients. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's very much based on where you're at, where your website's at, where your offsite's at, how, you know, how long have you been pumping out average quality content or conversely, content's actually pretty solid. It's the fact that, you know, you've got massive crawl issues or you've never invested in proper offsite or you've done a horrendous offsite with, yep. you know, buying links in, you know, yeah, um, exactly. link farms. So it is, it's that diagnostic is so important, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's definitely important. And, and with that particular project, I think it involved pretty much culling a couple of hundred blogs, which sounds sounds scary, sounds terrifying. But mm. if you're doing the proper auditing and proper research behind, behind it before you make that decision, again, as we saw in that particular case, it had a, a nice uplift after the fact. So yeah, it's definitely some, something worth investigating. Uh, the other part I'd add to the on-site is just in regards to EAT, which has now become double EAT. So they've added a, an extra E into there, which just, I guess, shows how seriously they are talking about it. 
uh, but it's just around like expertise, authority, and trust. And the extra E now is for experience. You can't just be any random talking about this content or this topic. You need to show Google that you are like an expert and authority in that field. So that's something I'd also recommend for anyone sort of looking into their content strategy. And, and how do you do that? Like what are like I guess for, for listeners, what are practical ways that you can signal to Google that you are those things? Yeah. So what I, I like to do, and traditionally this has been more around the your money, your life industries. So things like health or finance related. Again, if you're giving financial advice, you can't just be a random who has no idea about finance giving that advice. You have to be like a financial advisor or whatever it is. So again, I think it is applicable to any industry now, even for Brockett's own website. If we're trying to show that we know what we're talking about when it comes to SEO and digital marketing, we need to show Google that we do Mm. know what we're talking about. And I think creating like author personas is a great way. So let's say, for example, if you write a really nice blog about SEO in 2023 or the impact of GPT on SEO, if within that you've got a section on that post, that's like this was written by Daniel Costa, for example, a picture of myself just to put like a face to it that can then link to a separate page. That's a profile of myself and that can talk about Daniel's done sort of experience in these industries. He's been in the work with these agencies, that kind of stuff. Again, it's just showing that you are an expert and authority in what you're talking about. But yeah, I think that's, that's probably good. like the tangible like approach to it is creating like those profiles. You can also look at, external resourcing again for a supplement brand that i worked on in the past we were talking about how a particular supplement can help or aid in a specific issue or like yep. area of the the health having links to other like gov sites edu sites and linking to them just to show that the information we have here is factual and it links back yep. to where it. it's got like harvard style referencing from back in the uni days um yeah that that's also a good good approach to it that's good that's really good good uh good good point um in terms of local seo yeah um it's obviously a, we could do you know two podcasts three podcasts on it by yeah. itself but yeah just big trends for for businesses out there like that um you know let's presume they you do have your gmb but what, what is the what are the trends for, for for local this year yeah i'd say in terms of trends like it, it will be pretty much like very similar to last year uh, your local pack is really important and is showing up for more and more search results. So that local pack is just, if you were to type in, for example, pizza near me, you might have a couple of ads at the top. And then right beneath that, you've got like a Google map listing with typically three um, pizza shops listed in there. Uh, so I think that's going to stay the same and probably going to become a lot more sort of prevalent this year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's It's very much like, searches become more and more local based or locally like have local intent behind it so again more keywords even so if for example james if you're in melbourne and you typed in seo agency near me you are going to get a different local pack to what i would here in sydney so again google is going to display listings and and businesses that have local authority within the the region that you're searching for so because of that i see them sort of rolling it out across more search results. Um, So because of that, you should be, I guess, taking it more importantly if you're not already, just because it's going to become more important. It's going to push your traditional like rank one, two, and three lower if it starts appearing more and more. Uh, But yeah, trends-wise, very much the same. Optimize your GMB, 
try get listed on some directories and and citation websites get local business gamer on your web pages as well just to show yeah. people that you do have like a the physical address people can visit a phone number operating hours yeah. that kind of stuff um but yeah, it's very much still important yeah, and I think it's probably the biggest trend there is just do it. I think we find that yeah. so many businesses, even quite big businesses with significant local presence, they'll, they'll have obviously you have GMBs, they'll have verified them, but then it's actually integrate, in, interacting with with Google. Kind of any opportunity Google gives you to interact, whether it's you know, Search Console, whether yeah. it's GMB, whatever it is, it's just do it because it, yep. it's, it's another big signal to Google that you're real, you're active, you care. Dan, I told you I was going to put you on the spot. So... <laughs> We want you, we want your um your top ten tips. You got to smash them out super fast. But what are your um Daniel Costa's top ten SEO tips for twenty twenty three? Top ten SEO tips for twenty twenty three. I did I did say you could uh you could you could write you could read from these ones. Yeah, I wanted yeah. You to smash it out. Yeah, here we go for sure. Um, again, I'll probably say number ten is your local stuff. I was mm-hmm. in Foster, which is a couple of hours up the coast from Sydney, over the Christmas break looking for a, um, a restaurant to eat at. I wasn't even really searching in your traditional Google search. I was on Google Maps, just typing in like restaurant near me and using that to sort of find it. On the way to the restaurant, I saw a bunch of other restaurants on the strip that weren't even showing up on Google Maps. So I think that goes back into what we were just talking about in terms of how yeah. important it is. But yeah, your local stuff, make sure your hours are updated, your phone numbers are updated. If you're closed on a certain day, make sure you update it um, on yeah. your GMB. Um, cause if you don't, you're most likely going to get a one-star review from someone who's not too happy, but yeah, your local stuff, make sure that's, that's sorted. You just didn't verify it. You're actually like staying active, engaging in it. Yeah, yep, engaging nice. in it. Um, number nine, number nine review your existing content. Again, going back to what we were saying before, you most likely already have content. That's a couple of years old, go through it, refresh it. Is it still relevant? Did you create a 2021 ultimate guide to SEO? If you did, maybe update it to your 2023 guide in SEO. Yeah, um, nice. Sites number eight. Yeah, number eight will be site speed. I'd say do what you can yeah. to meet Core Web Vitals. Um, if you can improve, how do, how do you test it? What's the best way to test your site speed? Yeah, so there isn't a section within Search Console where you can sort of look at page experience and Core Web Vitals. Otherwise, you can look at Page Speed Insights um, by Google, yeah. and that'll give you the information as well. It's a big um, one. Uh, number seven, I'm, I'm going to get caught up here in the numbers. I'm going to forget. <laughs> no, number, yeah. number seven. Seven is, is stay, stay on trend, I'd say. Uh, what are users searching? Um, again, for example, if you're a beauty website, is there a new ingredient that people are now talking about that you need to be on top of? It goes back to your EAT. If you're an expert in your field, you're staying on top of all these trends. So yeah, yeah. writing content about that. Yeah, nice. Six? Six, I'd say it would be finding the right keywords. I don't know if this is sort of um, controversial, but I don't worry too much about search volume these days. I'd much rather a, yeah. a, a keyword with 10 searches a month that has really good intent and matters to a business versus a very generic one that has a thousand searches. So yeah. yeah, definitely pick the right keywords for your campaign. And that comes back to quality of content, doesn't it? It's like just yeah. work out what you do as a business, work out the types of things that you can pump out there that give genuine value to prospects. And then just do it really, really well. Yeah, 100%. I think obsessing over a more numbers-driven approach just doesn't end up driving traffic and conversions. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, five? Uh, don't neglect your offsite. A lot of people or all clients that have come to us from another agency, I'll kind of ask them what kind of 
link building where you're doing and they were like oh none um so yeah don't neglect it reach out to clients or other maybe like if you're a b2b business if you work with a supplier you can potentially get links from that supplier's website back to yours there's different ways you can approach the off-site but yeah it should be part of your strategy yeah four um four this is where we start getting into the good stuff um focusing (laughs) on entities scrap scrap the last six (laughs) yeah scrap (laughs) the last six now, number four, focus on entities. I think Google's moving more towards like entity-based search, an entity that could be like, again, a brand, which I've spoken about a couple of times, a brand, a person, a place, a thing. Like those are entities. Google is going to be like placing value on entities. And again, if you're building your brand really well, you're doing a good job at it, um, you're going to build yourself as an entity. And that's where Google's going to sort of see the authority of your website mm. to what people are searching for. Nice one. Number three. Number three is value adding. Think about if what you're doing to your website actually means something to your user. Don't think of it from like, I need to do this for Google. Think of it, think of it like I need to do this for my user or my target audience. That's that's yeah. the, the key there. That's good. Two? Yeah, two is build your EAT. Um, again, your expertise, authority. That's what it's all about. Improve your relevance. Show Google that you know what you're talking about. Google doesn't want to have randoms appearing because... They want people coming back to Google to keep on using it to search for things. So Google's yeah. going to benefit people that show that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's a really important one. Uh, number one. Number one, again, build your brand. Don't, don't think of it as something where you just need to post a few blogs or something and you'll eventually start to rank. You really need to look at your business as a brand and do what you can to sort of like build and improve on that. And that's why I'd, I'll never recommend just using SEO as your sole digital marketing channel. Um, mm. I always recommend like social media, EDM, like it's a really good way to build your brand and build your sort of database and and get your brand, people speaking about your brand and linking to your brand and what you're talking about. Nice. I love it. There's lots of stuff in there. I think, yeah, I think with um with all the pods and, and content we produce, I think if you listen to the this pod and just pick one, two things, like practical things to implement, in your yeah, SEO yeah. strategy for 2023. That's a, that's a bit of a win. Um, now, you've got to take your SEO hat off. What's the best piece of career advice that you'd give to an Australian marketer? Can't be <laughs> SEO related. No, it won't be SEO related. Um, I guess from, with me, uh, what worked well and what I always encourage, say yes when other people say no. Um, that's a great one. It, yeah, it really helps you. I guess, stand out and prove something to yourself. And it's not about being a suck up or anything like that, or I'm better yeah. than you. It's purely look at it as a challenge for yourself. If you can get through this, then I'm sure in years to come, you'll come a long way. Um, so yeah, say say yes when others say no. I think um, if you start doing that more and more, yeah, you might get a bit more stressed out because you've got extra responsibilities on your plate. <laughs> but after a year or so's passed, you can think back and be like, yeah, I actually did that. Um, and I'm thankful I did. I grew from it, learned something new from it. So yeah, that's my advice. It's a good one, Dan. Hard things make more hard things possible. Yeah, I have a, a joke with a couple of guys in the SEO team. Well, not even a joke, but pressure makes diamonds. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to get that up on the wall soon. <laughs> I love it. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. 
You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.